I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how are we doing? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Streaming live just 15 minutes or so after the conclusion of the last episode, because some big, big news has broken. It's such big news that it's broken Twitter. Literally, Twitter is not working uh, since this news <laughs> came out. Um, I tried to tweet something about the news and I got a message up saying Twitter is at capacity unable to send your tweet. And when I try it on my phone, I get the same problem. It doesn't work because Arsenal are so huge, so massive, so big that they've broken Twitter. There it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, let's get into the story because as I say, we, we started a live stream a little bit earlier on today. It's the last episode if you're an audio listener. It's the last episode if you're watching this back um, on playback on YouTube. We started an episode in which I wanted to talk about what I expect from Arsenal in what remains of the window. We talked about how many players I think Arsenal are going to bring in. We talked about how many is realistic, whether people's expectations in general for what Arsenal could achieve between now and the window slamming shut were realistic. We went into all of that. We discussed it, et cetera, et cetera. But midway, in fact, maybe just four or five minutes into that episode, David Ornstein dropped an absolute bombshell. David Ornstein has revealed, and I'll share with you guys right now exactly what David Ornstein posted, and then we'll dissect the article where there's a little bit more information. Uh, but this is what David Ornstein broke literally at half past 12. So we started at 12.30, and at 12.31, this dropped. Exclusive, Arsenal are working on a deal to sign Oleksandr Zinchenko from Manchester City. The clubs are in talks. Manchester City are open to sale if the valuation is met. Arsenal would also need to agree personal terms. The versatile 25-year-old is now a priority for Arteta after missing out on Martinez. So what does he go on to say in the actual article? Now, of course, The Athletic is behind the paywall, so I won't be able to show it to you, but I will take you through the article. Uh, this is what they say. Arsenal are working on a deal to sign Alexander Zinchenko from Manchester City, The Athletic understands. Having already recruited Gabriel Jesus from the Premier League champions this summer, the North London side are now also aiming to bring his former teammate to Emirates Stadium. It goes on to say, the clubs are in contact over a potential transfer and it is believed that City are open to sanctioning the 25-year-old sale if their valuation is met. That has not happened so far, but talks continue with Arsenal thought to be prioritising Zinchenko after missing out on Ajax's Lissandro Martinez. If an agreement can be reached with City on a fee and the Ukraine international over personal terms, Arsenal would be acquiring a player with whom manager Mikel Arteta has been very keen to reunite. They worked together when Arteta was assistant to City boss Pep Guardiola at the Etihad Stadium and are known to maintain a strong relationship. Zinchenko arrived from Russian side FC Ufa in 2016 and has two years left on his contract. Although he tends to operate in midfield for his country, he's mainly been used by Guardiola at left-back. While that is a specific area of the pitch where Arsenal have been looking to strengthen, his versatility is certain to appeal. 
He's enjoyed huge success at City, winning the English top flight four times and likewise the League Cup. He's lifted one FA Cup and played in the 2021 Champions League final. City are in the market for a new left back with Brighton and Hove Albion's Mark Kukurea thought to be leading, uh, thought to be the leading candidate at present. So what can we take from this? Look, here we go. This this is how I look at this. Okay, so at the start of the window, we were heavily linked with Zinchenko. He was a player that we talked about on this show on numerous occasions. And the idea of bringing him in, I thought, was was a really good one and a really positive one. And the reason we haven't talked about it since is because there's not been any indication that that was a possibility and because there's been reports coming out saying that we are trying to get deals done for others. But actually, this makes a hell of a lot of sense. And, and why does it make a lot of sense? Well, first of all, we know that Zinchenko prefers to play in midfield. OK, we know that. We, he's made that abundantly clear. And earlier on in the window, when people who are much more in the know than myself were discussing what might happen with Alexander Zinchenko, one of the big lines that we kept getting time and time again was Zinchenko doesn't want to play primarily as a left back. He wants to be primarily a centre midfielder. And you look at the way he plays for Ukraine on an international level, and I think he's done a fantastic job of that. I think he's proven to everybody that he can play at that in that position to a really, really high standard. But the fact that he can play left back will undoubtedly appeal to Arsenal. The fact that Arsenal are looking for probably players in both of those two positions, the two positions in which Alexander Zinchenko has proven himself to be a very, very good option, that, to me, makes a lot of sense. Now, we've been talking about Lissandro Martinez, OK? And again, when we talk about Lissandro Martinez, the thing that I kept saying, the thing that everybody keeps saying is that versatility is right at the top of the list of attractions when it comes to that particular player. So you have to assume that the same is the case when it comes to Alexander Zinchenko. Now, lots of Arsenal fans out there believe that Granit Xhaka isn't the man to play in that left number eight role. Lots of people think that for me, uh, sorry, lots of people think that Granit Xhaka is somebody that we need to move on from. I would say that he's someone we need to keep around because I think he's important. Um, I think he's important in terms of his leadership. I think he's been a lot more reliable in recent seasons than he has been prior to Mikel Arteta's arrival. And I don't think that bringing someone in to replace him is necessarily the way forward. I think bringing someone in in addition to him, who gives us something a little bit different, is the way forward. That's how you build out squad. That's how you strengthen the side. That's how you move to the next level. And I think that in Alexander Zinchenko, you've got somebody who could come in, play alongside Thomas Partey or whoever it is that sits in that deepest midfield position. You've got somebody who's very, very technically gifted, somebody who has a brilliant left foot, and again, having a left-footed player on the left side maintains that balance that Mikel Arteta so desperately wants. You've got somebody who is a proven winner, somebody who's been there, done it, somebody who's in the age bracket that is more seemingly more appealing to Arsenal this summer than it was maybe last summer where we were looking to build that core. We were looking at, you know, the 21 to 23 bracket. Edu told us that the first step was to, to address that side of things. And that the next step would be to go out and bring in winners, people who could impact the team straight away, people that we weren't waiting on to develop, people who were already at that level at which they could really help the team move forward. 
And when people say, what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? The plan is bloody clear. You know, they're doing exactly what they told us they wanted to do. Now, is there any guarantee it's going to work? No. Is there any guarantee that they're going to be able to carry out every single part of that plan successfully? No, there isn't. And you have to be realistic about that. But this summer, when you think about the players that we're bringing in, we are clearly looking to make some additions. Players who are at that point that I've just discussed, ready right now to help us move forward. And given what we're looking for, given the positions that need addressing, I don't think there are many better options out there than Alexander Zinchenko. Mikel Arteta, I think, has made it clear that he doesn't want an overinflated squad. He's looking at the Liverpool model. He's looking at the way that Jurgen Klopp started off with a really small core group, which is eventually built out to the point where they've got a lot more depth. But initially, in order to get that philosophy across, in order to reset the culture, in order to get things moving and happening the way in which he wanted them, he had to have a smaller group that were much, much more invested, a smaller group that were 100% all in. And I think Mikel Arteta looks at it that way as well. I mean, you could go and sign Alex Grimaldo, which I'm not against, by the way, as a left back, and then bring in a midfielder as well. But then you're adding another player to the squad who may well not play an awful lot of football and who may well be a little bit disengaged, a little bit disenfranchised in the way that Nuno Tavares became at various points last season. Go get Zinchenko. You've got a midfield option and you've got a left back option. And if you keep Granit Xhaka too, and if you keep, you know, the, the options that we currently have available to us, if you back Lekonga to push on, you're basically going out there and getting someone who fills two boxes, ticks two boxes. And for probably what's going to be a reasonable amount of money, if you consider that he covers multiple positions. And I think this was the idea behind moving for Lissandro Martinez, right? It, it wasn't to go out and get Lissandro Martinez and a £50 million midfielder. I don't think that was ever on the cards. I think that we were trying to get Lissandro Martinez because we looked at what he can offer, what he can bring to the squad because of his versatility and felt that that was a much wiser investment of that type of money than it would have been to go and spend on two players with one of them potentially becoming disengaged, one of them potentially being uh, a bit of an outsider and someone who is, 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 is used very infrequently. But Zinchenko wouldn't be that. You'd imagine that given he can cover in the midfield or at left back, there'll be plenty of games for Zinchenko. Far more than he's currently getting at Manchester City. And there's no reason why, given his fitness, um, given his uh, technical ability, he can't become a really important part of the team and, and push Granit Xhaka aside and be that guy, be the one in that midfield. There's no reason why he can't do that. So this is a really, really exciting one if Arsenal can get it done. But it's important to stress at this point, no fees been agreed. No personal terms have been agreed. Arsenal have open talks with Manchester City. Initially, we know that they're going to go in under what they've probably been told he'll go for. That's what happens. Um, and hopefully we can negotiate that forward. And again, you know, we talked about the Lissandro Martinez thing at length when we kind of started to get that indication that he was heading closer towards Manchester United. And we think that deal is going to be done very, very imminently now. But one of the things we said was, look, you win some, you lose some. We benefited from Mikel Arteta's relationship with Manchester City and Gabriel Jesus 
in that we managed to get him when a number of other clubs were interested because of that bond, because of that connection, because of that trust that's already there between player and manager. We're going to lose out on Lissandro Martinez because of that exact same thing, only between Eric Ten Hag and Lissandro Martinez. But Zinchenko is someone that we could persuade potentially because of that connection. And if you get somebody like Zinchenko, and a lot of people were saying earlier on in the window when this link first came out, why on earth would Zinchenko want to leave the Premier League champions to join Arsenal? Why would he do that? Why would he even consider that? And the reality is because those watching on from Manchester City were very, very impressed by Mikel Arteta during his time there. And so if you're going to slate Mikel Arteta for everything that he gets wrong, if you're going to slate him for the mistakes, if you're going to slate him for whatever it is that you decide to slate him for on any given day, then you have to give him fair praise when it comes to the way he is viewed by the wider footballing world, in particular those at Manchester City who work with him in very close quarters. Gabriel Jesus choosing Arsenal over the other suitors was a big deal. And if, and it is an if at this stage, we can get Alexander Zinchenko to do the same, I think that is something we should be praising the manager for. And that's a testament to what he has shown players on the training pitch and the personal relationships that he manages to build with players. And it completely wipes away this you know, notion that he's a bad man manager, that nobody likes him, that he's unpopular, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you could say that clearly because we looked at Lissandro Martinez, Zinchenko was maybe the second choice here. And that's fine. It's not a bad second choice. You don't always land your number one target. I, I always say you don't want to go too far down that list. You don't want to end up buying your fourth and fifth options. You want to try and stay within the top three. But it's important that you have a number of targets because as we saw with Lissandro Martinez, circumstances outside of your control can dictate what happens in those deals and can leave you in a really sticky position and leave you in a helpless position. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I think that this one was one that Arsenal probably looked at initially and thought because it was from Manchester City, because of his, um, you know, experience, because of what he's won there, because of Manchester City's financial power, that this was probably going to be a more difficult deal to do financially. And then the Lissandro Martinez one started to kind of fall apart. And we started to see the price of that going up through the roof and crazy. And that's probably why Arsenal think, well, you know, now let's try and go get Zinchenko. And, and if we have to pay a little bit more, then at least we're bringing in somebody that the manager knows, somebody that we know can cope with the Premier League, somebody who's been effective in the Premier League already and who can help us in a number of ways. And that's really, really important. Arsenal need to be clever in the way they spend money because we can't go and spend 70, 80 million pounds on on single players. We can't do that. You know, Man United can do it. Chelsea can do it. Manchester City can do it. I'm sure sooner rather than later, you're going to see Newcastle United doing it as well. But Arsenal are not there. And so we're shopping in a slightly different bracket, but it's not a bracket that means you're limited to poor players. It's a bracket in which there are some really good players that you can pick up and some really good fits if you are shrewd and smart in the way you do your business. And actually, I like the idea of a manager going for somebody that he knows inside out. There'll be no question marks about his character. There'll be no question marks about his ability because no matter how much scouting you do, you'll never get the full picture until that player is there with you 
working day in, day out. And Nikola Teta and Alexander Zinchenko have had that relationship. And I think that that, if you're going to give the manager the control, if you're going to trust him, if you're going to give him that autonomy, I think that is, you know, I think that there's less of a risk in letting him bring in players that he understands, not just on a footballing level, but on a personal level as well. Now, I promise you, when I got dressed earlier on, I didn't know about the Zinchenko news, but I popped on a Ukraine top and here we go. Is that a scary coincidence or what? <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Crazy. But yeah, look, I, I really like this idea. I really, really do. As I say, cover in the midfield, cover at left back, could even be a starter in the midfield, but someone that we can pull on if we need to at left back as well in the absence of Kieran Tierney, in the event that we don't think that... Um, you know, that, that Nuno Tavares is up to it. He'll be a great addition to the squad, brings experience, brings character. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned earlier on, I think he's 25 years old at the moment in that bracket of player who is ready right now. And again, similar to Gabriel Jesus, opportunity to come and be the bride instead of the bridesmaid. Opportunity to come to a big football club and be a real important piece of the puzzle as opposed to a fringe player at Manchester City. You know, Alexander Zinchenko isn't going to play for Manchester City in midfield. He's not. You know, and and I think that he's been there long enough. He's won enough to be able to kind of say, OK, I'm not fearful of missing out now. I can go and do what I think makes sense for my career on a personal level. And why wouldn't I then join a project that I'm looking at from afar and I've been quite impressed with? Why would I not want to join a manager who was formerly my coach, who I was impressed with, who I've maintained a strong relationship with, where Gabriel Jesus is there as well. Another player that I've worked with very closely that I know very well. It just feels like a good fit. It really, really does. And somebody mentioned earlier on in the chat, am I afraid of getting Manchester City cast-offs? No, I'm not. Because these are very different to cast-offs we've taken in the past. In the past, we've signed 30-plus players who are sort of winding down their careers who clearly aren't at the peak of their powers anymore. And we're doing it because we're desperate. I think with Arsenal, we're signing cast-offs now who are in their mid-20s, who maybe arguably haven't even reached the peak of their powers, but are just unfortunate in that they're at a side that is so strong, that is so great, that they can't really establish themselves. Let's not pretend that if he's not good enough for Man City, that automatically means he's not good enough for Arsenal, because that's nonsense. We're nowhere near Manchester City's level. And the only way we get there is by being smart, by being savvy in the transfer market, and by making sure that we make effective signings that can help bridge that gap. I don't know what the price is going to be. Uh, Matt says in the chat, any idea of price? I don't know. And the article doesn't actually specify, but I'd imagine that he'd be attainable for around about £40 million. I think that's probably about right. And I think that Arsenal, as I say, because they know that they're dealing with Manchester City now, would probably be more willing to go that extra mile than they were with Ajax financially. So I think that, you know, Arsenal will be open, hopefully, to going as far as it takes. I hope Manchester City don't get stupid with the price. Again, I think that the Mikel Arteta factor is really important here. I think it helps in the negotiations. I think it helped getting Gabriel Jesus for the price that we did. So I'm hopeful that, again, we can use that relationship, that influence 
that contact in order to try and get this deal done. Again, people are saying, you know, it might not be 40 million. I'd imagine that they're going to try and get 40 million. We might not end up paying that, but that's the the figure that's in my head at the moment. Um, that That's the figure that's in my head. But again, if he's coming into playing two positions, it still feels like worthwhile business to me. So, you know, look, a lot of people saying, no way it's 40, no way it's 40. Look, if we can get him for 25, like some of you are suggesting, that would be the, the, maybe the steal of the window. But I don't see that. I think it's going to be in excess of 30. I think City will demand 40. I think it'll probably be, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe somewhere in the middle. But I do think that there will be um, quite a bit of money exchanged in order for us uh, to do this deal. Apparently, Twitter's back. Nope, it's not working for me. Oh, it's letting me. Oh, there we go. It is. It's letting me tweet. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, look, I I don't really know what else to say at this moment in time because we've literally just heard about this. You know, it was an idea that I kind of thought was a good one earlier on in the window. And as I said to you, the, the, the talk just seemed to disappear. It seemed like we were looking at other players. It seemed like there were other priorities. But now um, we're in a place where it looks as though Zinchenko represents the best option at the moment. And we understand that Arsenal have made contact with Manchester City in the hope that a deal can be done. And um, fingers crossed it can. I mean, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts. Let me know uh, what you think uh, in the chat box. I'd love um, to hear from you. Uh, and we'll go through some of your comments and some of your questions um, uh, in the chat between now and the end of the stream, probably got about 15 or so minutes left. Uh, as I say, wasn't planning to do this second stream just like 15 minutes after we finished the last one. But obviously the news broke and I felt it was well worthy um, of a show in itself. Uh, OK, Peter says, uh, Harry, we need more fans like you that are positive and optimistic. I'm with you on this one. It makes more sense. Listen, everybody's entitled to have their opinion. I I've, I've honestly got no issue with somebody having a different opinion to me on an Arsenal-related matter. I, I really don't. But I do find the whole willingness and want to be negative about every single thing that Arsenal do draining. And I think it puts you in a bad mood. I think it makes you miserable. And I see football as an outlet, as a hobby, as something that I enjoy, as something that I love, as a passion. And I want my passion to be enjoyable. Otherwise, it might not be my passion anymore. So I will always look at the bright side until I've got reason not to. And I think that right now, Arsenal are on the up. We had a great... No, let me rephrase that before someone jumps on it. It wasn't a great season last season, but it was a better season, a much better se season in which there was significant improvement on view. We had a good window last summer. We didn't do much in January, but we're on course to potentially have another good window this summer, which will only enhance the work that's being done, which will only improve the team further. So yeah, I I'm happy and I'm optimistic and... Hopefully we can get this deal done. Uh, let's see what else uh, you guys are saying. Paul James says, uh, if Jesus was 45 million, surely he can't be, Zinchenko can't be more than 35 and probably a bit cheaper. I think one of the big factors though in the Jesus thing was that obviously he, um, he only had one year remaining on his contract, whereas I believe Zinchenko has two. So that makes a difference there as well. You know, with with Jesus, it was kind of now or never for Manchester City in terms of getting a decent fee for him. Um, obviously, the player wanted to go as well. And, and, and with Jesus, there's been a lot of speculation for a while about him. You know, would he get 
the game time that he feels he deserves at Manchester City. And I think there was probably something inside Pep that went, you know what, you've given me the service that I've asked from you. I, I can't give you the starting role up front like I want you to have. We've just brought in Haaland as well. And with Zinchenko, you know, the fact that City have just signed Calvin Phillips, that actually reduces his chances of playing in midfield even more. I know Fernandinho's gone, but the fact that they went and brought in Calvin Phillips suggests that even still Zinchenko is, there's, there's no real pathway for him to become a more important or more regular part of the side. So listen, I think it will be somewhere between 30 and 40 million that we end up paying for, the, for him. I really do. Um, I know people will say that that's a lot, but I, I think that's in today's market, given the number of positions that he can cover, given what he's won, given his experience, given his age and what he still has to offer, I think that's an okay price. Put it this way. I'd prefer to spend £40 million on Zinchenko than £40 million on Lissandro Martinez at this stage because Zinchenko is more of a midfielder than Lissandro Martinez. And I think when I talk about my priorities for what remains of the summer, midfield and left-back come further up the line than centre-back. So I'd rather bring in someone, if we are looking for that versatile player who can cover multiple positions, who's a specialist in centre midfield and left back, then he is centre back, where I don't think even Saliba's going to get to start every week, let alone bring in another one uh, to be unhappy. Matt says, Harry, do you think this will impact our other midfield business, i.e. Tielemans? I do. Um, I, I do. I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but I do think that Yuri Tielemans... I think that Arsenal would prefer to bring in a midfielder who has that versatility and gives them that option of playing in other positions as well. And I think now, kind of reading between the lines, that might be part of the reason as to why Arsenal haven't done the Tielemans deal yet, because they prefer to bring in someone with a bit more versatility and, uh, and, and, and that's the number one priority. I think they're keeping the Tielemans thing open and maybe towards the back end of the window, if Arsenal see that, you know, finances are looking okay and that Tielemans is still open to it and that the deal can be done, we might see Arsenal move for Tielemans as well. But my gut feel is that if we get Zinchenko, we'll probably walk away from Tielemans altogether. Just my thoughts, though. It's not uh, based on on anything more than that. Uh, Martin AFC 81 says, I'll get excited once I see the shirt getting held up. Yeah, look, just, just days ago, um, I was talking about the, the almost need for us as Arsenal fans to kind of make sure that we don't get sucked into these things when they're still at this stage, that we don't get so invested in a player that we end up disappointed when a deal doesn't happen that maybe never really was ever close. But this would be such a good fit that, you know, I, I can't help it. I can't help but be a little bit excited. And if you can't get excited at all, then what's the point? Uh, Matt Tomo says, on a scale of one to 10, how likely is this transfer as of now? Again, I'm not speaking from any place of knowledge. I'm speaking literally from my gut. And I would say we're probably looking at... I'm going to say, I'm going to be as optimistic as saying seven. Because I think the player will want to get out. I think Arteta, on a personal level, will be able to convince him. And the only thing I'm worried about, if I'm being honest, is... Well, the main thing I'm worried about is Arsenal meeting Manchester City's valuation. But again, I think there's there's optimism that we can we can do that, that we can make it happen. And when people were talking about clearing the decks in January, it was so that we could bring in fewer players, but on 
better wages, people on decent amounts of money. And and I think that Zinchenko is obviously probably given that his role at Arsenal is going to be um what's the word? Given that his role at Arsenal is likely to be a more uh prominent one, I think he's probably going to want to pay rise. So and, and that's going to be part of the sweetening of it and and part of the um the process of convincing him that this is the place for him. Uh, big thank you to uh, Ben Mattinson, who says, got to respect the work rate, getting another video out. Thank you so much, mate. Also, though, I can see right now that there is over a thousand of you with me live um, across the multiple platforms, which is incredible. But for some reason, I've only got 169 likes on the board. Come on, let's set a target of 500 likes. That should be easily achieved on this video, given how many are people with us. Uh, given that we're talking about some positive news. If you want to see Alexander Zinchenko at Arsenal, leave a like. If you don't want to see him at Arsenal, leave a like anyway uh, out of support to the channel. Thank you so much as we continue to push in terms of subscribership to that next milestone as well. So if you're new, be sure to subscribe as well. Um, let me see what else we've got here. Uh, Ups is, a, is asking a very interesting question, which is a little bit different um to kind of what we've been saying but i guess we can we can link it if arsenal do manage to um get this deal over the line i guess is what you're saying what do i think is is a or what is for me a minimum expectation next season champions league qualification has to be anything less than that is a failure i don't care if it comes from winning the europa league i don't care if it comes from the top 4 i'd rather we finish in the top 4 um, and of course uh, won the Europa League. Um, but, you know, let's see. Um, Champions League qualification, though, for me, is an absolute must. I'm seeing from some of you in the chat that Fabrizio Romano has tweeted something as well. Should we go and have a look at this? Because, um, you know, again, let's see uh, what exactly is being said, because there's all sorts of stuff. It's all flying off at the moment, isn't it? It's, whenever I go live, everything decides to start happening i'm sitting there for ages doing nothing refreshing etc etc um where is it where is it where is it uh here we go okay so um fabrizio romano has thrown another name into the mix just now uh as a left back option could it be that arsenal sees inchenko solely as a midfielder and maybe are looking at um a left back option as well. Don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But this is what he's just uh, tweeted um, just uh, moments ago. Arsenal are exploring options for a new left back with Andelex Sergio Gomez and Alexander Zinchenko, as reported by David Ornstein, on the club's list. I think Zinchenko, if he does come in, will be coming in to, to play in both roles. I, I can't see Arsenal spending that much money on a backup left back. I just, I just can't see it. And I don't think that as a left back, when both fit, that Zinchenko is better than Kiarantini. So that would make no sense. So maybe Arsenal are looking at a left-back and Zinchenko. I don't know. Uh, there's so much news and, and so many reports flying around. It's difficult not to get kind of sucked in and and to, um, to get caught in the crossfire of it all. But as I say, we're talking about Zinchenko here. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a deal that I'd love to see Arsenal do. Really, really would. 
Look, we're going to leave it there. Um, this is the second stream of the day so far. And who knows, we might drop another video uh, later on this evening as well. Maybe I'll spend some time uh, having a look into this uh, Sergio Gomez, if I get the opportunity, and bring you something on him a little bit later on. We've got to hit while the news is hot. Be sure to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. We've got 300 likes now. Let's try and get it up to 500 uh, between now and the end of the stream. If you're watching this back on replay, please leave us a like as well. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as we continue to push forward. And uh, thank you all so, so much uh, for joining me on back-to-back -back streams because I know that's a big ask and a big chunk of your day. Hope you guys appreciate the streams or enjoy the streams as much as I enjoy bringing them uh, to you guys. So thank you all so much. I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry C.